Welcome to the Welsh Rugby Podcast from Wales Online. Hello and welcome to the Welsh Rugby Podcast from Wales Online. My name's Matt Southgoo and tonight I'm delighted to be joined by our rugby writers Simon Thomas and Andy Hull. How's things, Andy? Not so bad, Matt, but can we make it snappy tonight because you've got your John West pink salmon uh, shirt you and I know you want to get out on the town. Yeah, so, uh, the John West is what Andy refers to one of my uh, more colourful shirts as. Um, so yeah, we'll uh, let's face it, we uh, turn off the lights in uh, Wales Online Towers tonight, so we'll try and... Uh, this is what we go through for the listeners back home. Um, anyway, guys, we've just watched Wales lose to England. Um, it was quite uh, a tough one to take from a Welsh point of view, um, in charge of large parts of that game, but eventually going down 16-21 at the Principality Stadium. Sai, what's your immediate reaction to that? My immediate reaction is that is one of the best Six Nations games I've seen in a long time. Absolutely thrilling stuff. And I would say from the outset, a lot of the credit for that, I think, has to go to the French referee, Jérôme Garces. Mm. He made a point early on of calling the captains together and making it clear he was not going to put up with uh, t- teams illegally slowing the ball down, um, penalised players for not rolling away early on. It set a benchmark. It meant we were going to we had sustained passages of attacking the ball, coming back an open game, and the phase play. It meant intense attacking, heroic defence, and he deserves a heck of a lot of credit for what was a really entertaining game. Had a game that had everything mm. except the result we all wanted, really. Yeah, and it, it was breathless stuff. Wasn't it, it was, yeah, it was the best Six Nations game since last week's match between uh, <laughs> Scotland and Ireland, which was a classic. Which just shows the introduction of bonus points. I don't know if it is bonus points, but maybe a subconscious effect on players, plus the uh, you know the referees perhaps are favouring a bit the attacking team now, mm. and the fear the attack that means players can offload out of contact is opening up the championship. It was a uh, cracking uh, match. Could have gone either way, but I think Wales have let, uh, let this one get away from them, if you like, with their crazy substitutions. Yeah. Uh, I don't know what Rob Owley was doing. Why the heck did he take off his best player, Ross Moriarty, with 27 minutes to go? When the guy wasn't tiring, he was lifting Wales with his shuddering hits, his carrying, and basically England didn't like de- dealing with him. England players were getting the ball, one eye, they were looking for Ross Moriarty. Yeah. You know. So, do you think that was a pre-planned substitution? Yes, I think that, I think that substitution was made on... Uh, Two two reasons: the reputation of Talupi Falatel and the clock. But yeah. Howley, though, he should have been thinking on his feet. Should have decided ditch that policy. Moriarty's playing too well. Let's give it some a few more minutes. See what happens. And then he also had other options. He could have brought Falatel on. He could take more, but not Tipperich off. Mm. But of course, they were also playing well. Welsh back row was excellent. And then he, and then to compound his mistake. Um, he also took off Reese Webber, who was having a storm of a game at scrum half and dictating yeah. out playing Ben Youngs. You know, he was, the he was useful in defence. He well, was Webb. as well. Yeah, took him off as well. Ken Owens having his best game for Wales. Took him off as well. Yeah. Uh, Scott Baldwin came on, and then we made a when we had a chance of the great escape after bigger had intercepted. Wales totally went. messed up the yeah. line. What a botch that was. Yeah, so yeah. That, that substitution stunk of a of a pre planned move. You know, it was. It was pretty much on the heart, on the you know, with almost thirty minutes to go. We spoke earlier in the week on the podcast about how you have to wait and see how these games are developing before mm. you make these decisions. And I think you know, should Howley have shown a little bit more versatility in his plans there? You contrast that with what Eddie Jones did. 
46 minutes on the clock, the hook came out, off went his captain. That's not pre-planned. No. That's based on how hey, the game was hey, going. He took Dylan Hartley off because he was totally anonymous. Well, Same the, with Jack Clifford. That's the, him point, off. Yeah. that's the point I'm trying to make. He wouldn't have been a pre-planned move. He looked at it. The captain's not delivering for me. He's only just come back from his suspension. Need to get an injection on there. Take him off at the 46. Uh, Jamie George comes on with a big impact carry, and that is the difference. Their bench made a big, big say in the outcome of the game in terms yeah. of Haskell again, Ben Teo, that very one, one good, very good run. I think that Danny Kay came on. So I'm afraid that when it comes to the substitutions, Wales came second best yeah. today. I thought Wales weakened their team with their substitutions while England strengthened theirs. And a criticism of Howley, which is privately uh, uttered by professional rugby coaches, that Howley has never been a number one coach mm. anyway. And they claim it takes experience of being a number one because of the, the ultimately you, the bloke, were deciding on when, when to make substitutions. Mm. Yeah, well, when Faletau came on, I think, like Simon was alluded to, the England bench, they all, all came on and did their yeah. thing. Faletau in particular, I think, struggled to get into the game. You know, I recall him being blown out of a few rucks trying to get turnovers. He was busy and he did did the basics well, but perhaps didn't have the impact that Holly expected. Anyway, um, Let's go back through. He hasn't played since December the twenty fifth. Yeah, and he's hardly, yeah, he's hardly played a game of rugby all season. Yeah. He's a fantastic yeah. rugby player, but when you're going well as a back row, all none of them really deserved to be taken off. No, we were on top. The game was pretty much in Welsh control, Welsh hands, and it, I'm afraid Andy's right. Our subs weakened us. Their subs strengthened yeah. them, e- and there's the ballpark. You could even argue we replaced our props too early mm. as well because they were going well. What we did was give England. The, the chance to wrest the control of the game away from us which they did we were in total control of that it's game a, when he took off Moriarty and then we go back to that phrase in the week the finishers and all this thing about do you finish with your best team well it depends doesn't it and why do you bring on Jamie Robertson and take off your best defender you Scott can, Williams you can finish with your best team but you sometimes that would mean leaving your players on. on on Scott Williams when I think he was struggling a little Is bit by, by that stage I remember seeing him looking a little bit well he looked knackered and you know I don't yeah, think yeah. he was moving quite as well as you would have and let's face it a lot of them were out on their feet at that stage because as we've mentioned it was a, a pretty incredible test yeah maybe match. maybe as well that's something we need to factor in you as Wales did only have a six day uh, turnaround so perhaps they were tired uh, you know more than eight than but yeah, I mean, right. to be honest, like, <laughs> Moriarty played 70 minutes last year. That boy looked like a good 100 minutes today. I mean, yeah, it was yeah. a game of his life. He was absolutely inspired. Before we go any further, let's just have a quick listen. Rob Howley was asked about this after the match today at the press conference, and uh, here's what he said about the Ross Moriarty substitution. Uh, sort of, it was just a substitution. He's played last week 70 odd minutes. Uh, you know, I thought our bench uh, they had a huge impact last week. I thought, uh, you know, I have to look really when when the bench have come on, did we have an impact as much as we did last week? Uh, As I've said before the game, you know, like it's not number one or two when you're playing international rugby, it's a squad of 23. Okay, so what what you're getting from Rob Howley there is um, he cited that Moriarty played 70 minutes uh, last week, but I think what he's sort of alluding to is that the bench this week didn't quite have the same impact that it had out in Rome, Andy. Yeah, that's right. But they were only playing Italy last week, weren't they? Mm. This was a full, you know, this was a different kettle of fish, wasn't it? And, and, and you know, and last week Wales weren't playing that well, so the bench and they needed to make changes last week. I think yeah. we all accept that yeah. they needed to make those ch- changes, and those changes worked. 
with our argument, I think Simon and I's is, this week it was working, so why make changes? You can only make a positive impact as a sub by playing better than the person you're replacing. If the person you're replacing is at the top of his game, it's quite hard to be better than him, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I take that. Okay, then let's let's start going through the key points. England edged the first 20 minutes. Um, I think it's fair to say there were, there were penalties back and forth, and then came the Youngs try. Um, Wales just basically unob- unable sorry, to slow England down in, in that sort of the five minutes running up to that try. England were going through the phases, going through the phases, and, and Wales just couldn't get a foothold in that period of play. I think England were more creative when they had the ball, and they were, uh, you know, get making yards easier than we were with their creativity and uh, you know that try had been coming for a while and uh, finally they got the line but I'm sorry to say after we watched the video just before we come in here Matt I'm sorry to say that uh, Alex Cuthbert was at fault again because he was the defensive guard at the side of the ruck and as you pointed out Matt uh, Matt he moved out a little bit wider let Elliot Daly stand there and take the space and it was a simple task for uh, Ben Youngs to flop over the uh, flop over the try line you should never really have a situation where the attacking player is able to use one of his own players as the pillar to go in between and he went in between Daly and Thomas Francis with Alice Cuthbert standing outside Daly so really it was an easy finish for, you know for Youngs mm. and it had been coming you know that score had been coming one of the consequences of Garces's refereeing policy is it it was pretty hard to get the ball off the opposition yeah. because it, you know it, it was making contesting the ball very difficult because it was the threat of the penalty so it meant you were getting a succession of quick ball and with England's big carriers and then the added option of their threat out wide they were they were very difficult to stop I must admit when Youngs went over I think 19 minutes on the clock mm. I, I thought it was going to be a long hard day for Wales and I do think uh, the positive side of it is the way they then responded and kind of gave England some of their own medicine by dominating the ball themselves in the second quarter. Yeah, yeah. let's come on to that then. The, um, the second half of the first half, if you like, Wales really started to take control of the game. Yeah. Spent a lot of time in England's half and England's 22. Um, they turned down a few shots at goal that perhaps they should have taken at this level. And again, I want to bring in Rob Howley on this one. Um, here's what he said about this in the press conference after the match. You back your players making decisions on the on the field, Nick. Uh, so I think that uh, you know they felt at the time that was the right option. They felt it last week against Italy, and they came up with a try this week. They backed themselves. You back and trust your players. So uh, if that was the feeling at the time, that's okay with me. So, so what you're getting there, Andy, is you're getting the coach saying that he, you, you've got to back your players on the field. You trust their decisions, and that's that's the end of it. They're on the field. They know how they feel and can sense how the game's going. But do you think he they, they made the right decisions in those situations, or do you need to be taking shots at goal when they're on offer in games at this level? Yeah, I back what Audi uh, says there because it's right. You know, you got to give the players some responsibility. But I'm afraid the players got wrong on the pitch. The new captain, Alan Wynne Jones, the first penalty for Tipler, that was a, a sitter, wasn't it? And uh, but I think Wales, where they were on attack, they got excited. They thought we got England here. Yeah. You know we can score, and I think they let that excitement get uh, get to them. They called a scrum. It was only the second scrum of the match, and of course they got penalised, didn't they? Mm. And then uh, that's uh, a lift then for the English. That's a lift. But then we ended up with another penalty from the line out, and he was still within half penny's range. Yeah. And don't forget, he's uh, I think he's over ten in a row now in this championship. Yeah. And then uh, Wales decided to banana it for the corner. 
line out what they do messed up with the line out yeah I mean that that one I mean mm. it was probably maybe slightly on the edge of half minutes he might well have got it the first one that was a that was banged on for three points yeah. it would have put Wales I think nine yeah. um, nine eight ahead of the time the key to me there is right you don't opt for a scrum when there's been no evidence in the game prior to that that you've got superiority in the scrum. Yeah. If they'd had a shove on an earlier one, or if they'd had a line-out where they had a good drive, you could understand going for that. But there'd been nothing to back up doing it. You know, it was bold and ambitious, but it really wasn't based on anything. Let me put this to you, Matt. What would the All Blacks, what would the all blacks have done in that situation? I think it depends. I mean, uh, I honestly, no I, I, no, I think it does because I think the All Blacks, are get, when they, okay, they sense okay. on topping games, they will twist the knife. And I don't think it would have been out of the question to see them do it. But in games... If they've been playing against Eng- uh, this England team? Yeah, yeah, I take your point. If they were in that situation, I, I think they would have taken the point. Um, they build a score. They do, yeah. And look how the final game ended up. It was a five-point game. It could have been a two-point game with a drop goal to win it for Wales at the end. You know, these things do matter in the final analysis. Yeah, they do. Anyway, um, in that period, we had Rhys Webb going short. He thought he was telling the ref he thought he'd scored, but as the replay showed, he <laughs> was. Typical Webby. <laughs> typical scrum half, I guess. But he was short of the line. And then we had players over on the near side to the press box. Unfortunately, Alan Wynne Jones finds himself in the wrong place at the wrong time. There were three chances, weren't there? Really, there was the Dan Bigger took a ball off an aerial contest, chipped ahead, mm. hacked ahead, and he was just beaten to it by Jack Nowell. Then you had the situation where Webb dived American football sign for the line, claimed it, but you could see he was just short. And then, perhaps most frustrating straightening it all, we had the situation where Wales had worked really hard to create an overlap. They'd pummeled away, they'd gone right, they'd gone left, they came back to the left. Yeah. They had two backs outside um, Alan Wynne Jones, yeah. and unfortunately, the skipper dropped the ball. And in fairness, you could see him immediately put his hand up for it. But he didn't really need to be there, to be honest, because they had the numbers through the backs. We also missed another chance here when Webb, actually, for, and usually for Wales, they went back to the blind side. Jonathan Davis was on the wing, wing and Webb drilled the pass. And it was a bit hard, and Davis could no longer it. Davis was outside daily then; he might well have been in the corner. I also thought as well with uh, with uh, bigger when he over each other when other. bigger when bigger kicked the head when he uh, ran, you know, kicked the head. And Noel was obviously it was going to beat him. Would have been better if bigger kept older uh, the ball because uh, and look and uh, not look for support. I mean, if he'd been tackled, Wales would have got there probably kept the ball. What, it, what happened there was Wales actually turned over possession. What I thought the positive to come out of that end of that half was after those three or four missed up scoring opportunities, you, you really thought they were going to rue them. But in fairness, they did keep plugging away. They got the ball back through the charge down through Reese Webb at the scrum, and then we had the Liam Williams try. Yeah, yeah. I mean, this was an important score because I think if Wales didn't get any points out of that period, then it would have mm. it would have totally shot them and. I think we would have seen an easy second half for England. But they got the score and, and it was a lovely try. We've looked at it a few times. Like we've said, it's not something that teams haven't done before. I mean, this has been around. This kind of move has been around for years and years and years. I mentioned to you, Andy, George North scored his first try for Wales off a very similar similar move to this. Owen Farrell bites hard on the decoy from Scott Williams and you know you get a 747 aeroplane through the gap that Liam Williams went through eventually but it was a nice try well executed well worked and I think as Rob Howley said afterwards those are the tries that really uh, they're, they're nice to see yeah it is and it's nice to see Wales got a move in our locker because they certainly haven't shown any for a while maybe it's the Alex uh, King effect you could see Bigger was calling that move before the scrum he generally had a word with Liam Williams and all and you could see they were clearly up to something and didn't it just work at a, a treat as uh, Farrell bought it good decoy line good timing by Scott Williams opening up for uh, 
for Liam Williams. If you look at that decoy from um, Scott, he actually yeah. took three men out. Yeah. He, it drew the attention of Clifford coming off the scrum, um, Ford, who was actually the nearest to him, and then Farrell. Crucial almost Farrell. He was fixed by it. He took a little step inside, and that just opened the gap for uh, Liam Williams. You know, it was a great attacking line and a little bit of a defensive error. End result under the sticks yeah that, that was a big moment it gave everybody in the stadium a lift um, gave the players a lift and obviously they came out second half and, and they came out fast again Wales I think the crowd were really getting involved you had Moriarty's shot on Owen Williams with, within two minutes of the oh, half Owen Farrell oh, what did I say Owen, Owen Williams, Williams. Oh, I'm pa- <laughs> <laughs> as I've already mentioned you already thinking it's late <laughs> I want to go, yeah, as we've alluded to. Anyway, yes, Owen Farrell, sorry. Um, He's already on middle lane, Anne. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so I, I personally thought that was late anyway. It doesn't matter. It was a massive hit. The crowd got up for it. Um, I think Wales were right in the emotion of the occasion at this time. I think the crowd were fantastic. We, we, the one we were going to talk about, Matt, was 44 minutes. You looked at it in the video. Um, the counter that Wales put in, which so nearly gave him another try, might have been a match to, you know, winning moment. That was the occasion where there was a turnover. Jonathan and Davis escaped down the left-hand side. Support from Halfpenny. Reese Webb picks it up, and then Dan Biggers under the post. He's waving to the f- waving to, to the, the fans, camera. but the ball just goes forward. Goes forward, a little marginally forward. Quarterback. Let's put it this way: Webb, Webb would be, There was no complaints. There was no complaints <laughs> yeah. on the decision. Yeah. So, but yeah, if, if they score there, Wales are ahead twenty points to eight on the scoreboard, and we could be looking at a totally different game. Yeah. And instead, what happens then? Wales give us a Warburton actually in from the side with his hands, give a needless penalty away with a rat. Farrell kicks it goes back to the two point game <laughs> there it is I mean but in between all that we've got to talk about sorry just after that Wales can obviously come back half and he gets another penalty um, 10 in a row now oh, yeah, 10 kicks over successful kicks so in a row that, that took it to 16-11 then going into the final quarter so Wales was still in a good strong position we've mentioned Jerome Garces and rightly we've given him lots of credit for the way he handled this game but, but he that should. penalty I think you'll agree with me here. Mr. Haskell, Haskell should have been Simbin. Yes, he should, but Haskell, you know, he, he came on, he's all action, he's a bit of a, he, you know, he's a wasp player, and I think he models himself on uh, Lance Delalio, who used to play alongside him, and he did exactly what Delalio would do in that situation. Wales were in with a chance, really good chance, scoring a try. So, what do you do? Cynically kill the ball. Yeah. Should have seen yellow, should have had 10 minutes on the side. Having, having praised Garces, you would have to say, having made the absolute clear stance, rolling away had to be a, a key thing. No slowing the ball down, I will not accept it. When someone does it under the sticks mm-hmm. with their men over either side, there was only one place Mr. Haskell should have gone, yeah. and that was the bin. Yeah, I think we were all in a, all in agreement on that one. Um, and obviously the game progressed then in the final quarter. We, we've mentioned the substitutions and all that. The game was swinging back in England's favour. The last 20 minutes, England were the only team really playing rugby. I think Wales were hanging on. You wondered... Because of the substitutions. You wondered if they could hang on. Like I've sort of already mentioned, the, the atmosphere in there today was incredible. The, the, the crowd were really, I think, carrying Wales at times and the, and the emotion of the occasion... And you wondered if that would get them over the line. Um, England knocked over a penalty, another penalty. Um, I think that came from a that Samson came from Lee. the lineup, didn't Samson it? Samson Lee, I tackle on. Uh, yeah, so on didn't yeah Wales cleared. We had the 
the um, lost the ball at the line out, penalised at the scrum. Yeah, I think that line out loss, that incident was crew. I think it was about 64 minutes on the clock. It was still 16. Just after Bigger's interception. It was it? bigger. In, we, we, they were well, hammering yeah. away at the Welsh line in England and looking like they're going to score. He picked off the passer from Young's interception, ran 40 meters, kicked the head, ran another 30. Elliot Daly had to put the ball into touch on his own 22. Wales crowd was up in arms. Through the line out and then shambolic line out. Hang on, through the line out through the light was it a throw or something I mean it hit someone in the well it left the hand it hit somebody in the uh, on a thigh or somewhere you know it, it was let, just let's like just say it wasn't the best executed line that you're yeah, going to you see you know it's what we have seen in the past from Wales when it's all gone wrong the mechanics of it and, and then the situation was compounded because England had the scrum and a penalty was awarded yeah, yeah. all of a sudden we're back under the cosh but, pe- but the penalty Wales give a stupid penalty away there it wasn't for like a collapse or something like that it was just a te- it was another issue on the side of the scrum or breaking off or something and it was a penalty they didn't need to give away and if they hadn't given it away either England would have been forced to play from their 22 or they kick for touch and Wales would have probably still had a line out in the England half and could have uh, put them under a bit of pressure but as it was they kicked into our half have the Got the line out and proceeded to put more yeah. more pressure on us. When bigger intercepted and went down and we had the line out, I thought Steve McQueen, it's a great escape. But like Steve McQueen, they ended up falling at the final hurdle. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I put in the updates. <laughs> I put in the updates at I the don't time. Know what to say to that. Those are those are the kind of moments that define these matches. And I just yeah. thought that that could that could be the, the point that we all look back on. However, we've mentioned penalty lost line out penalty field position. Soft penalty, Samson Lee. I didn't think you know that, that was a, a high tackle. I mean, it, it, he didn't it, catch it. Really, it's again this this you know there is a ti- there is a tightening yeah. on it, and it was any kind of armour on that area. You know, these are all marginal things, and we can all look back on that line out and the scrum penalty. But ultimately, with four minutes to go, mm. Wales were in possession of the ball. It looked like they had you know weathered the storm. Liam Williams had won a turnover. Only four minutes left. Uh, by the way, that was an illegal turnover. <laughs> he was uh, led down, virtually. He was you on get, his knees. You get away. You get away where you so get away. Maybe, Sa- maybe Sanjay had the me. ball. Yeah. I that I'd feared for the last twenty minutes. England were on the march, but when we had that, I thought they're going to hold out. And then Matthew. Oh, don't make. And me. then I don't want to be the one to say this. Then things didn't exactly go as you would have planned or hoped they would happen, did they? No. Um, so yeah, we're on the attack. Um, <laughs> A certain winger. <laughs> By the way, uh, listeners, he's got his head in his hands. <laughs> Young Matthew. He's got his head in his hands as he's explained. Bo- carry on, Matthew. <laughs> the bottom line is really we had a chance to clear our lines and didn't do it very well. Well, it goes, you can go back a little bit further than that. I mean, Wales are on the attack. England are defending well, but Wales are keeping hold of the ball. Courtney Laws dislodges it after a certain Welsh winger takes it into contact and knocks the ball on. England are back in possession. Wales are back under the cosh. We're thinking a try's coming here, and as we've mentioned, crucial turnover. Yeah. Mm. John Davis is in the pocket. Bigger is getting back into the pocket as the pass goes out. Maybe Gareth Davis should have waited for Bigger to get back or in position. Or maybe Davis should have cleared himself. Possibly. These are all maybe. You know, you had Halfpenny who was there as well. Maybe it was that side of the field, a right-footed kicker. Maybe the, it favours that. The question here is, though, was Jonathan Davis aiming for touch? Uh, we've right. been talking about this in the office. If he's aiming for touch, if he's <laughs> if he's aiming for touch here and he's put it nearly twenty meters infield, and we got bigger problems. Now, the, the, if you look at throughout the game, Wales's tactic generally was to kick the ball in the field. Yeah, it was, yeah. So was that just a continuation of that policy? Yeah. 
And now, if so, if you're going to keep it in field, it's got to be an absolute howitzer over the head of the last man. Yeah. Whereas what it was... They were standing it, deep waiting for it. It well. was a very tired kick. It was a tired kick. It, it looked a bit uncomfortable. It was unfortunate because Bigger was actually running back, wasn't quite in position. Halfpenny maybe could he have taken him because a left-footed kicker on the left-hand side of the field is not the ideal scenario. But, I mean, the, the wider point is if, if the policy was to keep it infield, maybe Bigger would have kept it infield as well, yeah, you know? Possibly. Um, maybe it would have been a slightly better kick in the chase upon put, it. Put it this way. That being, yeah, put it this way. That being Conor Murray at scrum half there, he would have seen who was, out, who was outside him potential kicker and he would have put the ball off the park Listen, himself oh, yeah. and if I'd been uh, bigger I'm sure would have put the ball off the park himself because after England scored he was a rate you know and just uh, you could yeah. see he was fuming at what he'd seen go on Gavin Henson as well he would have lumped it off the, <laughs> off the park Barry John <laughs> Phil Bennett Gareth Edwards I mean, would have been I, off the park I mean Ollie John I think can tell us exactly what was going through his head at that moment but it stayed in field and in fairness then to England they executed yeah, superbly it was a, a, a two fine passes first from Ford to Farrell and then a pinpoint fired pass from Farrell and unfortunately that took the ball outside Alex Cuthbert who seemed to have come in a bit narrow and yeah still shouldn't have scored I'm afraid good play by Ford and Farrell bringing it back good pass as you said from Farrell but Cuthbert he took his eye off Elliot Daly and Daly proved in the game with bigger and, and other times, how quick he is, he Casper took his eye slightly, slightly off daily, and he looked in field. He'd been dragged in a bit, even though Fowl was covered by about three defenders. Well, Last defenders, well, you know, he was Kathy, covered. Kathy actually came very tight. Yeah, to, he didn't to need Roberts. to come tight. He just needed to stay on his man, and perhaps he thought that he would have the gas to um, to, 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 to handle daily. But he was, he looked a bit. Casper thought it was a little bit. Perhaps he was a little bit tired himself. Left, give him just a and little bit too much room. Well. Went a little bit high, and the guy actually scored scored easily in the end. Mm. And you know, he, bigger came over, didn't he? And he was absolutely fuming. Bigger was fuming. Yeah. 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 Let's, let's put it this way: collectively, that was a soft try to concede, wasn't it? Yeah, whichever yeah. way you look at it. I mean, you know, you can. It's easy to blame Casper there, but. The chase from everyone to that, towards that kick was very laboured. You, you know, we're talking about the seventy seventh minute of a Test match here. That was that. You know, it was played at breakneck speed, and the, the chase up through the middle of the field was poor. It, it exposed. You know, we've been critical of Jonathan Davis tired kick and all that, but he still got a fair bit of distance on that mind because they run back from near the forty meter line. Yeah, and uh, uh, Welsh line. You know, the, on Farrell, the whole line. We had plenty of players in our line to was, deal with him. That's, that's what I'm saying. The, this, you know, if the chase was better, it could have been stopped before it got to Daly. Is my point on. Well, this. if Cuthbert had stayed on Daly, he would have been in position to nail Daly as Daly received the pass. Or Farrell would have probably not even put the pass in. He would have had to carry the ball himself. Yeah. That that and he, that and he was a bit isolated then, Farrell. So he might turn it over. That moment for me showed me why Owen Farrell. And he said Andy Farrell. Why <laughs> Owen Farrell is a Lions Test starter for me because you look back at that Saracen Scarlets game. It looked like the Scarlets were going to beat them down west. Yeah. He just took the game by the scruff of the neck, made the break, and again. When the right moment, perfectly timed, drawing the man, fizzed that pass out to Elliot Daly, just put him in the outside. 
it was a quality piece of play from Farrell. Yeah, and also say apart from that, though, Jonathan Davis in he had a very fine game. Week, back to he looks to be back to his best fitness and form. And yet, you know, you have Sean Jonathan Joseph, who's no mug today. No. Jonathan Davis had a cracking yeah. game apart from that moment. So yeah. let's give him a bit of credit yeah. for that. And I think he's put himself right back in the Lions' frame this tournament. You're not going to make a judgment on Jonathan Davis on his clearing kick ability, are you? No. He had a very fine game. He played well last week. And I think of his being one of the big pluses overall to come in the championship so far is he's rediscovered. And I hope that that incident doesn't knock his confidence. I think he's a stronger personality than that, and he won't. Yeah, he'll, yeah. he'll rise above it. And uh, you know, hey, listen, there was a lot of positives to take out of that Welsh performance. It's just it, it, there's a sense of frustration because you thought they'd done enough. Key moments, aren't it? It's the key, key moments in tight just... test matches, big games, same yeah. scoreline as two years ago. It was a cracker. It was a cracker of a rugby match. It was indeed. Yeah, best uh, Six Nations match since last week. You already Scotland said that Ireland. joke. Yeah, I know. Best Welsh like performance since they came equally heartbreakingly close to beating South Africa in Nelspruit a few years. Best ago. Welsh performance <laughs> since they bullied Ireland out of it in a World Cup warm up in 2015. Full strength Ireland. That was a warm up. <laughs> huh? Was a warm up. Friendly um, in South Africa. <laughs> Not friend, never friendly out there. Please, the lights are going off in there. Come on. I anyway, right. Are there any other standouts? We've mentioned Jonathan Davis, and we've mentioned who else have we mentioned? I Corey thought Arthur. I thought Jake Ball and Ken Owens had big carrying games. I thought the two halfbacks had fine matches. Liam Williams took his try well and, 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 and always made a bit of, made a ground coming Wayne. in. Uh, yeah, but I think man of the match for me. We've talked about him before, Moss Moriarty. You know, his, his father was a fine player, and he'd be a proud man watching the way he played out there. Yeah, certainly it was enjoyable to watch Moriarty Day. It really, really was. Well, and what happens now if everyone's fit in the back row? Well, this is what this is what we, that comes on nicely to my <laughs> my final point here. Wales have got obviously you know there's a break in the Six Nations. We got two weeks before we head up to uh, me and you head up to Murrayfield site. Oh yes, um, I'll be showing you the site, <laughs> Rose Street. So, he likes visiting cemeteries, by the way. So, Moving on quickly. Um, so Birkin hair. Wales. <laughs> so Wales have got two weeks now. North might be back fit for that game. The hope is that resting in today will mean that he's fit for that trip. Are Wales still in with a shout to this championship? I don't think so. I'm not. Well, they are if they win in Scotland. Well, technically are, aren't they? But If they win in Scotland, yes, they are. It's a pivotal game, isn't it? If they lose in Scotland, if they lose in Scotland, you actually, go. you know, they're going to have a man, think, tough, really tough match I, against I, Ireland, which will be I like think, today's. Uh, uh, and then I don't expect, and it, you know, the problem is it's right, going to be tough in France. The problem, is, the problem is they've got to go to both Murrayfield and Paris. And I think after the game tomorrow between France and Scotland, we'll know that one of those is going to be harder than the other. <laughs> <laughs> you know, so hey, listen, if they win it now, oof. hey, if Wales the, the, the doomsday scenario <laughs> is if Wales lose in Scotland, it's not it's not inconceivable. Like, that means they, they could also lose against uh, Ireland, and who look I know it's only against Italy, but Ireland did a much better job on Italy than Wales did. Much saw them off early for bonus point first half, was it? Yeah. And uh, you know they look really impressive, and uh, and um, Scotland, Scotland. You know if Wales lost Scotland then, and Wales beaten by Ireland. You won't give them any chance against uh, France in their final match. It's going to take final. some lifting, this squad, isn't it? Now, is it? I, is it? I, I because think it was it a were, good performance. It was a good. When you think they can build well, on that, I think they will all know they played probably as well as played for a long time. But it, it's still, it takes it out of you a defeat like that. I would imagine. The good thing for me is that they've got this break to get over. You know, there's going to be some sore bodies now. They've got to 
a good period to sort yeah. of get all their energy back and all that jazz. You, you, when you you look at the table now and how congested it is, mm. Wales are still in the championship because Ireland have lost the game. Ireland could well lose to um, France have lost the game. If so, Scotland. Well, if well, France win tomorrow, they are back in. Well, it. Ireland could lose in Cardiff. Yeah, but if I, what I was going to say is with Ireland in it, if Ireland beat England. Yeah. Oh, you know that then Wales and all the all the everyone's hey, in it, one, apart from Italy. Wonder if that missed yeah. uh, bonus that point bonus, try. <laughs> yeah, you beat me to it. You stole my thunder. Yeah, again, I was going to just say that, but losing, missing out on a bonus point, Italy could come back to one. What I would say about the Scotland game, if everyone's fit, I mean, and the good news, you know, for our listeners is that Sam Warburton has said after the game that he, he's okay. It was a stinger to the shoulder, but not one that's going to be uh, keep him out. He thinks he'd be back training Tuesday. Huge collision with it was it massive. Was. They both felt it. And personally, I would stick with the starting back row. We've said about Moriarty. I thought both Warburton and, and Tipperick had big games, both are equal, I think, with 18, 18 tackles. tackles yeah. Really, really performed well. And the partnership seems to be blossoming. And I think, you know, based on that Falato didn't look quite ready, then you have to say, well, well you yeah, have to wait yeah, in turn, I, don't I, you? I would, you have hope, to... I would hope that Falato plays for Bath next week. Yeah. Well, yeah. he has to be released. Yeah, he? and I'd have him on a bench in Scotland again, yeah. uh, at my scene. Uh, also, the other thing that we said about Ireland getting that bonus point, do you notice them as well? How keen they were to get the, uh, the match restarted because they were also looking for points because they think about points difference yeah. mm. as well. They also, on that case, you could see that. Always thinking those Irish. And before we finish, they can in, as Eddie Jones said about Wales, can in the Welsh. Before we finish, I believe you've got a little bit of uh, news regarding a certain Lee Halfpenny for us this evening. Yeah, well, my understanding is that. We were very, very close to having um, Lee Halfpenny rejoining Cardiff Blues this week. That's my understanding. Um, the negotiations, as we know, have been going on for months. He's out of contract at Toulon at the end of this season. What I've, been, what I've heard is that he was keen on a, on a deal, a dual contract deal with WRU, playing for Cardiff Blues. We should have taken him through to the end of the 2019 World Cup. So effectively about a 28-month contract. And it looked, and if those terms could be agreed on, it looked like he was ready to sign. I'm told the deal was around about £420,000 a year. Obviously a lot less than a Toulon, but still a very good salary for someone in Wales. <laughs> you get, get out of bed for that, wouldn't you, let's be honest. And it looked like it was going to be done. Um, but unfortunately, my understanding is that the union are not happy with a, with a contract that ends mid-season. They're offered either two years or three years. Can you just explain why he wants to end it mid-season? Because I think what I'm... I, I'm absolutely certain on this, but the suggestion I've heard is he's, he's keen on trying his hand at Super Rugby. He's, he's tried most things international Do rugby. You know what? I would think uh, that would be fantastic. Yeah, well, uh, it's playing Super Rugby. You know what? I have a good, so Welsh player, have a, you know, Gareth Delvas and Dom mm. Day, but wouldn't it be another top uh, top Welsh player happening? I'm going to go and see. It would have been, but the union, I'm told, one. To keep it either to two years or three years, they're not happy with the precedent of a, a contract ending mid-season. The Blues have tried to salvage the situation by saying, "Right, take two years from the union, and we'll pay for your wages uh, for the four months after that." But because the deal hit this stumbling block, I'm hearing that he may well now have decided, "I can't wait anymore. I'm going to sign for too long for another year." Um, it's gone on for so long, and it's changed so many times that you wouldn't say it's absolutely a done deal. But that's the way I hear it's edging, and it'd be a shame if, if that happens. Does, it'd be a shame given how close he seems to have got to coming if he back. He does stay too long in that case, then he would become a wildcard. He would become a wildcard, mm. yes. And uh, that's going online tonight? Yep, I think it might even be on. Now it's so late, Matt. Yeah, it's quarter past ten. Now, so yeah, yeah, it'll be there. Readers can go online, Wales <laughs> online, to get the full story on that from Simon. But uh, And I think it's time to go and get the John West on, Sam. I think you need to get that shirt on, Matt, but uh, I'd advise all you to face some smellies under your face. <laughs> Remember now to take your ID. You're still a young-looking boy. Yeah. Where are you heading first, Matt? Oh, no, I can't. 
publicly announce that. Come on. <laughs> anyway, um, back to the. You working yeah. a mall map with the rest of us? No. <laughs> Don't be silly. Come on now. I, you boys are more than capable to handle the fallout from this without me. Anyway, um, don't forget, guys, uh, you can subscribe to this podcast on iTunes. Just head over there and search for the Welsh Rugby Podcast, and then you can take us wherever you want uh, on your uh, smartphones. Um, nothing else to say, really. Yeah, there's one thing, Matt. I think you should, on your Twitter account, put a picture of John uh, West shirt. <laughs> All right, I'll put a picture of my John West shirt on Twitter just for everybody to have a look at. No star. <laughs> yeah, thanks for joining us, guys, and you can catch all the fallout from this defeat to England on Wales Online.